Good evening, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. My name is Sarah Jane, and today is a renegade times. Yeah, I don't know why I'm singing. Man, I live in a town where we go to Kroger's. One of the attendees is like, you find everything all right? And people get angry when they get asked that question. Like, why? Terrence and I went to the store today, and one of the attendees, you know, was doing his job. He was asking everybody who passed by, like, oh, did you find everything all right? Did you find everything okay? Is everything good, you know? Guy comes up. He says, you asked me that twice. My day is not doing very good because of this. I'm just like, what the f- What? That was rude. And the guy's not even paying attention. He's just doing his job, you know, just being friendly and everything like that. And the guy that decides to be rude to him comes back and he says, Oh, you find everything all right? Just like he's supposed to. Guy turns around and goes, You're an ass. You asked me that three times. I'm just like, This is not okay. I don't know. Our city is, uh, fucked. It really is. (laughs) Just because you can't even go to the store without somebody looking at you weird, especially if you're white. So, yeah, that's fun. Alright, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, feel free to contact me in the links down in the description below. I will be happy to hear from you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. First things first, we're going to be doing the politics, because I like getting that part over with because it gives me a migraine. Let's go. (sighs) Alright. We're gonna try this again. You guys don't know it, but this is the third time I've had to read it. Why does Joe Biden constantly wander around aimlessly after speeches? Why does President Joe Biden constantly wander aimlessly after his speeches? Well, it is perplexing, but perhaps nothing is odder about his time as commander-in-chief than his difficulty exiting exiting stages after a public oration. Um, On Wednesday, Biden was spotted moseying about the stage in New York City, apparently completely bewildered as to where he was supposed to go once done speaking. He, the president, had just finished giving a speech about international health efforts at the Global Fund's 7th Replenishment Conference, so rather than standing to the side in a dignified manner or walking away from the podium with confidence, Biden looked more like a guy confused to where to stand uh, when he's getting a fast food order. So, it would be one thing if uh, this were a one-off conference, or occurrence, I'm sorry, but to Mr. 
but the Mr. Magoo-esque podium exit has become a hallmark for the 46th president's time in office. Here he was a week ago at the Detroit Auto Show. I'm not going to play the video. Visit Daily Wire if you want to see it. Uh, in this next example, Legacy, a media fact checker, um, has determined that Biden didn't actually shake hands with air. Instead, he was pointing um, to somebody off stage. Our arbiters of truth tell us. So, uh, rest assured, there's no concern here. So, we let readers watch or we will let the readers watch the video and draw their own conclusions. The American president extended his hand for a handshake to an empty seat. Then, looking confused, Biden took a few steps near the podium, apparently looking for a passage to leave the stage. Well, the person is really sick. It is obvious. Did someone just, like... When he took his morning pills, did someone slip him a molly or something? Like, who hallucinates like that? I don't understand that. Am I able to watch this? Forget it. Everything is going black. I don't know why. Alright. At one of his uh, 2020 campaign tele-rally events that looked like a lot more like a Jeep commercial... The president first started showing signs of his disorientation. Um, perhaps Biden's advance team is wildly inept and forgets to give him instructions on where to go after completing a speech. That is actually a pretty strong possibility, but it still wouldn't explain why Biden can't just stand still or off to the side. Or maybe his mental sharpness just isn't what it once was, which is low bar for we're, or if we're being honest. He's 79 years old, but we're not supposed to ask questions about whether or not that fact contributes to any way, uh, contributes in any way to his aforementioned moments. American media also has no interest in trying to figure out why Biden often appears so lost at public events. Luckily, or embarrassingly, foreign journalists have taken notice. Um, readers might remember last spring when former President Barack Obama returned to the White House for a special anniversary ceremony for Obamacare, Biden was seen practically begging for his old boss to pay him, pay attention to him. Oh, Lord. Uh, I knew they sucked dicks. All right. Uh, even putting his hand on Obama's shoulder at one point after his shouts were seemingly ignored. <laughs> I need to see that. Is this it? More shockingly, it seemed like nobody in the room had a desire to speak to the current president. It was almost sad to watch. Here's how Sky News Australia, uh, Chris Kenny broke down the interaction. Okay. Can we play it? Now, we were just talking about what a difficult and worrying time this is in global affairs, which is why it's particularly worrying that we have such feeble leadership 
in the United States at the moment. Let me show you an event that occurred in the White House last night. It was an anniversary event for a healthcare bill that was passed during the Obama years. So it involved former President Obama, the current Vice President Kamala Harris and the current President Joe Biden in the White House. Have a listen to the former President here. Vice President Biden. Vice President. <laughs> Joke. Yeah, he says it was a joke, but uh, maybe Joe Biden is just rather forgettable in his current role. Have a look at this footage of the president wandering around the room, working the room, as you would say, in the White House. It's quite extraordinary. The real worry here is just watching him at this function. Kamala Harris and Barack Obama are busy talking to everyone and shaking hands, and Joe Biden is just left hanging. He appears lost and uncertain. And not only that, he appears to be ignored. A US president mm -hmm. you can ignore. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Have a look at some more. All right, well, that's it. With that. I, I don't know why. Daily Wire, I just downloaded you again. And you're, you're acting like this. Anyway, yeah. Old age will come for all, but most won't be uh, president of the U.S. when it happens. <laughs> so that's that's it. That's it for that one. Take me back. Thank you. <clears throat> We're going to end this uh, little section with some, uh, something, I don't know. <laughs> do you, do you want, do you want to take the floor, darling? Okay. Because I'm sure they would love to hear your voice. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Okay, you're a, <laughs> you're a sick old man. <laughs> uh, you're a sick old man. Heckler yells at Prince Andrew at royal procession for Queen Elizabeth. A heckler who targeted uh, Great Britain's Prince Andrew during a procession for the late Queen Elizabeth was pushed to the ground by police and bystanders uh, later insisting, I've done nothing wrong. Prince Andrew, 62, whose affairs with Jeffrey Epstein left... <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> well, <clears throat> affairs with Jeffrey Epstein left him the object of public contempt, um, was stripped of his royal status and his honorary military roles, including Colonel and the Gardener uh, Guards after um, one of Epstein's alleg alleged victims, Virginia Roberts' uh, Goyfre, alleged that uh, he had sexually abused her. Although her claim ended in a multi-million dollar settlement, damn, ma'am, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your life. 
Seriously, multi-million dollar settlement? Usually, you don't win in court dates over royals, bro. You, you usually have to go away with your tail in between your legs. But she got multi-million dollars she's sitting on. Um, ma'am, I really hope you have the rest of your life in a... Ah, just have a good life, ma'am. I'm serious. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like a big middle finger to the royal family. Like, who doesn't want that? I mean, I'm sorry that she got sexually abused, of course, but the fact is, is that she won. That's what I love about it. Um, Andrew has always denied the allegations. Andrew, you are a sick man. The young man shouted before, uh, he was accosted. All right. Powerful men should not be allowed to commit sexual crimes and get away with it, the young man said later. Yep. He should be punished the fullest extent of the law, just like everybody else. In August 2021, Gufre, that's what we're going to say her name is, I'm really sorry, but uh, filed a lawsuit against Prince Andrew in Manhattan Federal Court. Gufre... Uh, claimed that when she was 17, Andrew assaulted her uh, at the home of convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Each time, Gaffrey um, alleges she was instructed by either Epstein or his alleged cohort, Gisselin, Ghislaine, whatever her name is, Maxwell, um, to engage in sex acts with the Duke of York. All right. I am holding Prince Andrew... Accountable for what he did to me, Gouffray stated. Uh, The powerful and rich are not exempt from being held responsible for their actions. I hope that other victims will see that it is possible to to not live in silence and fear and to reclaim one's life by speaking out and demanding justice. I did not come to this decision lightly, she added. As a mother and a wife... My family comes first, and I know that this action will subject me to further attacks by Prince Andrew and his uh, surrogates. Uh, But I knew if I did not pursue this action, I would be letting them and victims down everywhere. I can absolutely categorically tell you uh, it never happened, Prince Andrew stated. I have no recollection of ever meeting this lady, none whatsoever. In 2019, Gaffrey told BBC that she had been set up by Epstein's girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, the first time in London uh, was, I was so young, Ghislaine woke me up in the morning and said, you're gonna meet the prince today. I didn't know at that point I was going to be trafficked to a prince, she said. That's crazy. All right. You're a dick. (laughs) 
Texas drops more migrants, including infant, off of off at Vice President Kamala Harris's doorstep. Shut up, you dick! Go play your football video game. Leave me alone. I'm not abusive. I'm just trying to be professional. Stop. Listen, I I need to put an episode out without you arguing with me. Damn. All because I was eating ice cream and you said it sounded like sex. It is. You're a dick. <laughs> Kamala. Okay, yeah. Uh, Texas drops more migrants, including infant off at Vice President Kamala Harris's doorstep. She deserves. I know she does. Um, after 50 migrants were bussed um, from Texas to Vice President Kamala Harris's doorstep Saturday, as GOP governors in- continued their tactic of exporting uh, border crossers as so-called sanctuary states and cities, Fox News, which first reported on Thursday that Two buses from El Paso had discharged about a hundred migrants in front of Vice President <laughs> official residence uh, at the Naval Observatory. It broke uh, Saturday morning's news. Oh my God! Uh, the bus carried people, mostly Venezuelan nations, um, including an infant. Uh, the outlet reported, adding that aid workers took the passengers to the nearby shelter. (laughs) I love this. I love this so much. This is amazing. (laughs) The bus was believed to have uh, departed from El Paso nearly 2,000 miles away. In addition, six more buses carrying migrants from Texas reportedly arrived at uh, New York's Port Authority um, on Saturday. The incidents were the latest case of red states exporting the influx of illegal immigrants to the Democrat-run sanctuary cities, and they blame, or they blame for causing it. Okay. And on Wednesday night, Florida sent two planes with 50 migrants to the liberal, to a tiny liberal playland of Martha's Vineyard. (laughs) Oh my god, the Red Kingdom strikes back! I love this. <laughs> Red Kingdom! Kingdom. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, oh my god, Martha's Vineyard. That's amazing. She's got too much land, anyways. Have them build their own houses and just let them live there, Martha. Damn. Let's see. Where the Obamas own a surfside mansion. Oh! 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 Oh, the Obamas are gonna have some company. Mm. Uh, those migrants are, were shipped out uh, the next day to a military base on Cape Cod. Uh, Republican government. Republican Governors Greg Abbott of Texas, Ron DeSantis of Florida, and Doug Ducey of Arizona have been... (laughs) Doug Ducey? (laughs) 
um, have been sending migrants to blue cities and states to bring attention to the border problem. An estimation of 2 million migrants have flooded into the country since President Joe Biden took office and repealed several major components of former President Trump's um, The King of the Red Kingdom, okay, border security policies. (laughs) President Biden's inaction at our southern border continues putting the lives of Texans and Americans at risk and is overwhelming our communities. Abbott said, what do you mean, sure? Uh, To continue providing much-needed relief to our small, overrun uh, border towns, Chicago will join fellow sanctuary cities, Washington, D.C., and New York City as an additional drop-off location. Bro, stop! You have been doing this for the last two days. You have been annoying the living crap out of me. And I don't know why. I love you, though. Abbott's office claims to have 7,700 migrants um, have been dropped off in Washington and more uh, 2,100 in New York since April. Uh, the state has spent an estimated 12 million chartering the buses. Harris, who President Joe Biden appointed as the border czar, how did we get that name, the border czar? Why are we using a Russian term for an American job? I want to know why. It's a reptilian name. It's a reptilian, baby. You need. You just need to play your football, okay? <laughs> a reptilian name. My husband says it's a reptilian name. All right. We have a secure border, and that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. Harris told uh, Chuck Todd. <laughs> Fellow Democrats, including uh, West. Virginia Senator Joe Manchin and former Hawaii Can I just get through this without you having any commentary in the background? You just Alright, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm All right, it's time for a break. Time for some random entertaining news. Let's let's do this stuff, man. Let's go. Let's go.
Okay, so let's do this one. What does it say? I've got so many ads popping up in this dang article. Oh, I wonder why. SHUT UP! <laughs> uh, dark personality traits linked to a greater desire to enhance oneself using technological methods. People with dark personality traits are more likely to want to enhance their brain power with futuristic technologies, according to new research published in the Journal of Cognitive Enhancement. Enhancement of human abilities has been a prominent topic throughout human history, um, but has received little attention from psychological research, uh, said study author of, author, whatever, Elena, her name's Elena. I don't even want to try to um, pronounce her last name. Of the University of Graz. Nowadays, thanks to advanced technology, there are significantly more possibilities and means to optimize one's abilities. Finding out uh, who would use enhancement methods as, uh, has thus become an urgent question to answer. Our research seemed to shed more light onto individual differences, uh, personality traits, and inner values of those who would enhance themselves using technological methods or devices. Um, in the study, 450 participants um, completed scientifically validated questionnaires that measured their personality traits. The researchers were practically interested in the big five personality traits uh, along with those uh, who are so-called dark triad. What in the world is that word? Machiavellianism? Uh, narcissism and psychopath. Psychopathy. Psychopathy. I know how to spell. <laughs> I know how to pronounce that. The participants also completed an assessment of their personal values. Um, the researchers then presented the participants with five different hypothetical transhumanism-inspired methods uh, to improve cognitive abilities. Uh, for example, imagine that the pharmaceutical industry has developed the drug VG13, that sounds like something... When I think of VG, I think of something, like, vagina-related. Don't you? No. <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's because you're weird. It's because I'm a woman. Weird. It's because I'm a woman and... and you're weird. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I could burn you right now with what you're doing. Listen, everybody who listens to this woman... <laughs> She's crazy, okay? Yes. <laughs> She's insane. I think they know that. That's why they listen. She's insane, and that's what makes her lovely to listen to. Oh, sure. Because half people Didn't you just are, say you don't want uh, want me to listen? Because half of the people who are insane, even though you should listen to them, you need to listen to them because half of them are acting... You don't even know what you're talking about. Who is the insane one in this conversation, sir? <laughs> what the hell? I lost my place! Okay, which improves cognitive abilities according to the manufacturers, VG13. Uh, does not only increase intelligence, but also improves attention, 
um, concentration, memory, and many other brain functions. Uh, this happens due to a stronger activation of the responsible brain air 12 hours after the intake, therefore another dose has to be consumed for a new effect. In addition, this pharmaceutical enhancement, um, the methods including two types of brain uh, stimulation, genetic enhancement and mind uploading, after reading about each method, the participants in indicated how likely they would uh, be to use the method if it existed in real life. They were also asked to report any ethical concerns uh, they had about the method. Why are you staring at me? About your eyes. What about my eyes? Baby, those are copper flecks in my eyes. Dumbass. Oh my god. I should have never answered you. The researchers found a several had several personality traits. <laughs> and personal values were associated with a greater willingness to use method. Personality traits such as uh, the dark triad traits, narcissism and psychopathy, and Machiavellianism, uh, vulnerable narcissism, or the big five, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism, and human values are needed associated with the desire to enhance oneself using technological methods. Um, specifically, individuals high in agreeableness and conscientiousness and or individuals following more conservative or self-transcending values, caring for the well-being of others, are less likely to accept self-enhancement methods. What the heck are you talking about? I want to be knowledgeable and I can also care for people, so shut up. Leave me alone. Uh, however, individuals, uh, in high dark triad traits are vulnerable narcissism and or individuals following self-interested values are more likely to accept enhancement methods for their own use. Uh, the, in this indicates that the personality and values should be taken into account when investigating enhancement methods, um, especially to prevent misuse of enhancement methods with possibility with possible negative consequences but someone isn't uh, necessarily exhibiting signs of dark personality just because they desire to enhance themselves the researchers noted that the associations they uncovered were statistically significant but relatively weak they were likely many other factors that um, influence a person's desire for us to self-enhance. Um, the one cavet is the exclusive examination of personality variables and values, measuring other possibility related, uh, constructs, constructs, uh, could give more information about underlying motives for 
accepting enhancement and its relationship to personality and values. Furthermore, it might seem worldwide in, to include uh, measures of intelligence and or ability constructs since enhancement methods mostly aim at abilities and skills. The study Super Men and Wonder Women, the relationship between the acceptance of self-enhancement personality and values, was authored by Elena M.D. Sean Thaler. There, I said it. Gabriella Hofer, Sandra, whatever, and... Okay, we're done. So this is kind of useful information. I have just started to work out again, so uh, I need some tips, man. I need to know, is it better to work out in the morning or at night? For men, oh, this is the men's, no, it's not the men's journal, it's Washington Post. Well, aren't I a hypocrite? <laughs> I'm reading from a Democrat article. Honestly, I don't really care. It's I care mostly about politics when it comes to reading some dirt rag article. But, let's see. For men, an evening workout offered more benefit for women. The answer varied depending on whether the goal was to burn fat or build muscle. How about both? There is no wrong time to exercise, but there may be some times that are more right than others. The best time of day to exercise can depend on your gender and even uh, whether you want to burn fat or get stronger, according to a helpful new study of men and women exercising and timing. See, I always was taught, like in health class, men were able to lose weight more because they don't have to bear children because when women end up, I don't know, I don't want to say this, they gain weight. More so because the body needs that fat, especially when they're about to have a child or when they're pregnant. So they kind of need that. So the body kind of needs fat <laughs> in a, on a woman's body than a man's. But uh, I found that for women, morning workouts zapped uh, abdominal fat and improved blood pressure better than late day training for men and Evening exercise led to greater fat burning and better blood pressure control. Evening exercise also amplified the benefits of strength training, but more also, or more so for women. Okay. Um, studies of exercise timing are part of the science of chronobiology, which focuses on how our internal clocks affect almost every aspect of our physiology. Okay. Let's see. Human bodies, like most of other mammals, plants, reptiles, and insects, operate um, on an innate 24-hour circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm. With a master clock system in our brains sending and receiving biochemical 
signals that uh, coordinate with molecular clocks inside our cells to di- to direct boggling boggling symphony of biological processes. This rhythm, in turn, responds to signals from the outside world, uh, especially daylight and darkness, but also when we eat, sleep, and exercise. Recent studies in mice allowed large groups of rodents to run on exercise wheels at varying times of the day. The studies showed that the animals' hearts rates, uh, the heart rate, a fat-burning gene uh, (laughs) expression, and body weights uh, change substantially depending on when they exercise, even if the exercise itself is the same. Human studies of exercise timing have been more contradictory, though. Okay. Some show uh, people... Did I say some show or something else? (laughs) No, I didn't. You know what? I wouldn't put it past myself. Good lord. Okay. Uh, Some show... People burn extra fat and lose more weight by exercising early, uh, especially before breakfast, while others suggest we gain greater health benefits from afternoon or evening workouts. But most of these studies were small and involved only men with metabolic conditions such as type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, or obesity. So. We have known little about optimal exercise timing for healthy men and even less about the best timing for women, which is why the new study is so meaningful. A real-world study of exercise timing published in May on Frontiers in Physiology. Lord, okay. The research was designed to reflect the real-world demographics of Paul R. Arcerio, the director of the Human Nutrition Performance and Metabolism Laboratory uh, at Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York, and the study's lead author. All of the volunteers self-identified as male or female, and more than half of the 56 participants were women. They also were all healthy and physically active, but not athletes. Does this mean that there was some transgender people in here too? Biological, like men and women, but they they just identify as men and women? No wonder it was so hard to figure out the uh, workout times, man. Oh my lord, okay. Uh, The researchers tested the volunteers' health, strength, and fitness then randomly divided them into two groups with equal numbers of men and women. One group was asked uh, to exercise four times a week in the morning between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. The the other group was instructed to exercise in the evening between 6.30 and 8.30 p.m. Um, Each group took part in an identical workout once a week and they lifted weights the next day and they did about 35 minutes of interval training running swimming and cycling hard or as hard as possible for about a minute resting and repeating another day they did yoga or pilates they ended 
the week with about an hour of running, cycling, and aerobic exercise. The uh, groups maintained this routine for 12 weeks, then returned to the lab uh, re retesting for retesting. Okay, they they went over there and got retested for everything, just to see what outcome it was. Um, everyone in the study was leaner, faster, fitter, stronger, healthier, and more flexible, uh, whether they worked out early or late. Do you want to show? Okay, well, is that it? Was that the whole thing? What these results mean in um, pr practical terms is that women with specific health or fitness goals may want to finesse the timing of their workouts, uh, Arsario said. Um, if there is a woman hoping to lose inches around the middle, consider morning workouts. Um, if your goal is strength, evening workouts might be more effective. I kind of want both, though, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to have to do both, morning and evening. I gotta work my ass off. Uh, for men, uh, exercising early or late seems comparable in fitness, but evening exercise could uh, have special advantages for health, Arsario said. Still, it is early days yet with regard to uh, providing individualized perceptions uh, for the optimal time of day to exercise, said John Hawley, uh, the head of the Exercise Nutrition Research Program at the Australian Catholic University in Melbourne, Australia, who has extensively studied exercise metabolism and timing, uh, but was not involved with this study. Okay, um, the <laughs> he pointed out that the new study did not uh, control did not control for women's uh, menstrual cycles. What the fuck? Why did they had they had to include the the period, the the week that we bleed, right? Um, or track people's chronotypes, uh, whether they naturally were morning or evening people, uh, both of which could influence exercise responses. They they're saying that they should have used. They should have considered a woman's monthly cycle because that would um, affect the way they want to respond to the exercising. So, like, you know, some women, when, when they're on their period, they just kind of feel like shit. <laughs> and they don't want to do anything. So that might make the study a little bit different because they might have, like, exercised a little bit later in the day. Instead of, you know, the day that they were, the times that they were supposed to. It also did not include midday exercise or look into any men and women reacted uh, so differently to exercise timing. Arsario suspects hormones and other cellular and genetic effects and plans follow-up studies uh, to learn more, he said. Uh, for now, the study's key takeaway is that timing may fine-tune what we gain from exercise, but we benefit regardless. So any time of day that you choose to exercise is the right time, Holly said. So basically, I didn't have to read this damn article. <laughs>
Anyway, next one is anime, and of course it's going to be My Hero Academia. If you're not a My Hero Academia fan, you are not a renegade, so leave! Leave! <laughs> no, I'm Unless you're a Cobra Kai fan, then you can stay. Yeah, if you're a Cobra Kai fan, then you're badass and you are an elite motherfucker, okay? <laughs> okay, ten darkest characters in My Hero Academia don't, ranked. Don't, don't, let her, don't let her abuse you on Hero, on hero Academia. Listen, if they're Cobra Kai or freaking um, My Hero Academia, I love them, okay? If they simp for both, then that's awesome. If they simp for either or, they're still awesome, okay? okay. All right. <laughs> okay. The story of My Hero Academia... Oh, wow. I can't. I can't read. The story of My Hero Academia features um, an ensemble cast of highly diverse characters... Some of them are lovable, inspiring heroes like Ochaka Uraraka and Izuka Midoriya, while others are more mixed, uh, such as All Might, All Might, hmm, uh, who must contend with the steady loss of his powers and his uh, fading relevance, relevance in the world. <laughs> um, then there are characters who are truly dark. A dark fictional character is defined mostly by unpleasant, twisted, or even brutal experiences or emotions. Such characters may endure abuse, grief, betrayal, loss of faith, or more, and their lives tend to be difficult and somber. My Hero Academia may be an inspiring and optimistic series overall, but for... Uh, there to be light, there also must be darkness. So, Kota Izumi's grief made him hate all heroes. So, even children like Kota Izumi um, can be pretty dark in the world of anime. Usually for tragic reasons, young boys like Izumi are too young to be so jaded and bitter about the world. But all the same, Kota adopted... A pretty dark worldview when his pro hero parents were killed in action. Uh, Kota now hates all pro heroes, seeing the world of heroes. Um, oh, my bad, I lost. As one of the uh, one that robs people of beloved family members for no good reason. Uh, this is why Kota was um, so hostile. To class 1A's trainee heroes, but he was inspired when Izuku risked his life to protect him from Muscular the villain. Number 9 is La Brava, um, and she thought that she was alone. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, La Brava is um, Gentle Criminal's sidekick. And to be frank, to be perfectly honest... When I first saw this, uh, these two, what are you doing? Uh, did you, did you, uh, score a touchdown? No? Okay. Criminal, my dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, Gentle Criminal and La Brava, see, uh, I kind of was very iffy about the pairing because she's so short and she looks like a girl, like a child. How racist. No, how is that racist? She looks like a child and she's with an old man. That's weird as hell. 
But then I found out that she's a dwarf and she's about 21, so we're fine, I guess. The petite villain, the Brava, seems pretty cheerful and upbeat when she... She is around her boss, Gentle Criminal, but there is no denying La Brava's inner darkness. In her school days, she was totally ostracized and even mocked during or driving her to become a miserable shut-in for years. It seemed uh, no one in the world loved her. La Brava turned to crime so she could find someone who could truly appreciate her, and that's rather dark. She helped... Gentle fight back against Izuku, but Gentle lost, and a panicking Labrava cried out in despair, unwilling to be alone again. Izuku felt bad for her, um, but she wasn't sure what to do either. 18. Or 18? I'm done. I'm losing it. It's number 8. Good God. Um, Flecked. Uh, turn will make everyone equal by getting rid of quirks. So, uh, Heroes World Mission, the latest movie. Yeah, yeah it was great. It was wonderful. Um, but in the third My Hero Academia movie, pro heroes from around the world united to face the threat of humorize um, in organization devoted to ridding the entire world of quirks, even if that means most people must die. Humorize's leader, Flecturn, uh, hatched his plan uh, not to en enjoy the slaughter, but to rid humanity of its curse. Flecturn had been miserable and lonely all of his life due to his reflection-based quirk and odd appearance, so he projected his dark personal experiences to the entire world um, as his master plan. Fortunately, he was stopped, but he still has a ways to go before finding self-acceptance as an outcast. Number seven, Rei Todoroki, or Shoto Todoroki's mommy, uh, watched her family fall apart. So, many of Class 1A's uh, students have outstanding mothers from Izuku's single mom, Inko Midoriya, to Ochako's compassionate mother and uh, Bakugo's kind mother. Bakugo's kind ma- No, 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 no. This is where- No. No. The Mitsuki Bakugo is not kind. She slaps her son upside the damn head. Okay? This is where Bakugo gets his anger issues. Don't butter her up like that. She- is a monster. <laughs> okay, uh, then there's Shoto's mother, Rei Todoroki, a mother of four who's uh, had a rough time, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, you have a greedy husband who wanted a hybrid, and I, I really hope... I really hope the recording did not pick that up. Babe! I am done with you. Ray entered a quirk marriage with Endeavor and she had to watch her sons and daughter be treated as weapons rather than actual children at Endeavor's hands. Uh, eventually, Ray couldn't take it anymore and infamously scarred Shoto's face. Um, unfortunately, 
or unfortunately things have been looking up for her after taking the time to slowly recover in the hospital. So, number six, Kurogiri is uh, grimly back from the dead. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen season five, I swear to God, there's going to be some um, spoilers here. But the misty villain Kurogiri, a member of the League of Villains, is not what he seems to be. He is actually an advanced Nomu uh, made from the corpse of Oboro. It's Oboro. Shirakumo, um, an old friend of Aizawa and present Mike. Now, he's back as a Frankenstein-like abomination and a truly gruesome fate. Um, the real Oboro might still be buried deep in there, and present Mike and Shoto try desperately to reawaken their old friend's uh, true personality it was heartbreaking to watch the two men try in vain to speak to their fallen friend one last time. That was the saddest episode. I think I cried. I, I, that, this is why I love this show. I just love it so much. Number five, Todoroki's uh, scars are not just physical. So, Ray's youngest son, Shoto, suffered the most at the hands of the tyrannical endeavor. Shoto, unlike his sister and two brothers, was born with the perfect genes and quirk to become the new number one hero. So, uh, Endeavor... Uh, hang on. Endeavor pushed Shoto to the limit as, t as a tool to be hammered into shape. But Shoto is a boy, not a weapon. Shoto is mentally and physically scarred from bad experiences with both parents... Uh, to the point he denies himself entirely by trying to escape his father's wrath and uh, not be like him. He even refuses to use his quirk fire half um, until Deku convinced him otherwise. Yes. <laughs> That's your favorite episode, isn't it? <laughs> That's his favorite. We have to rewatch the whole series because... Uh, season six is coming out in October. Well, I don't think it's going to be coming out on Hulu for a while. That's what I'm trying to say. But if WCO.TV actually has it, then we can watch it. But um, perhaps one day he will finally find uh, self-acceptance and even mend ties with his parents. Oh, staying. Oh, Lord. Four out of ten. <laughs> Okay, Stain uh, calls unworthy heroes. So, the hero killer Stain is a dark character. He didn't suffer any grief or abuse. Uh, instead, he decided that it was a good idea to murder all pro heroes who didn't fit his exact definition of a true hero. He believes most heroes are wannabe celebrity phonies, which is kind of true. Um... There may be a grain of truth to what Stain says, but of course, that doesn't justify his grim murdering spree. He is the uh, one who nearly killed Tenya's beloved brother, uh, Hiro Tensei, and um, he even formed a loose alliance with the League and uh, to take down more heroes. Um, he even claimed he would allow All Might to kill him, a pretty dark statement indeed. So, I... 
I I am at a loss for words when it comes to Stain just because I heard that in the manga he doesn't die, but in the show he does. Because from what I remember, the guy fell because his rib punctured his lung and he just died. But I don't know. Number three, Himiko Toga uh, can't hide her true self any longer. The blood-loving villain Himiko Toga, uh, who gives me the creeps, to be honest, often acts cheerful and goofy, but she is quite dark as an antagonist. Himiko has a theme of personal authenticity, refusing to alter her behavior or um, attitude to fit society's strict norms. Uh, She tried it in school, but that just caused mental strain. Himiko loves blood and cutting things, and she cannot deny it, even if her parents and teachers label her as a monster. On some levels, Himiko is the victim of a society that won't accept her true self, but also doesn't justify um, her many crimes. Her life will keep getting darker and darker at this rate. Yeah. Number two. My little Aerie child. That's my baby. Aerie's childhood was filled with pain and exploitation. Tell me about it. When we saw season four and we saw um, Deku, like, when they had, uh, when he had, like, her strapped to his back, like, that was the... That just made us both cry. Like, that was the best episode ever. And the song. Don't worry about a thing. <laughs> uh, the young Aerie is doing much better now that Mirio and Izuku have rescued her from Overhaul. But she is still one of My Hero Academia's darkest characters of, of all. Uh, Aerie spent years in captivity as Overhaul's test subject and prisoner during, um, or being treated more like a lab rat than a child. Overhaul wanted just one thing from Aerie, her rewind quirk. Aerie was often experimented, uh, upon to gain access to her powerful quirk, and even now she still has scars from it. Uh, both physical and mental. She knows very little of the real world and her heart definitely needs to be healed before uh, she can attend school with both other kids her age. Aww. Yeah. The one thing that I really want to see for Aerie is that she needs a real strong like father figure in the show and I know Aizawa's been kind of like looking after her I really want him to adopt her. And I also, like, the second thing, I want her to interact with All Might. We haven't seen that yet. We have not seen that yet. And two, or no, three. (laughs) Uh, I really want her to help Mirio with his loss of his quirk as well. Because I feel like she has so much more potential than she allows herself to have. Because she doesn't want to hurt anybody anymore. But number one is Tomura Shigaraki caused by his family's demise by his own hand. So, spoilers! Uh, Shigaraki kills his whole family on accident. And it traumatizes him to be a villain. But anyway, all for one's experience, Tomura Shigaraki has experienced 
uh, experienced nothing but hardship, pain, and regret all his life. He was born as the grandson of Nana Shimura, but uh, his father Kotaro, Kotaro um, despised heroes and heavily punished Chomura, who was uh, then, na- then named Tenko Shimura. Uh, for looking up to heroes, it was then that tragedy struck. Tenko's dis- uh, decay quirk activated, and he killed almost his entire family by accident, including his dog. Then he killed his father on purpose, and after that, All for One adopted him as a weapon to be forged into shape. Now named Tomura Shigaraki, Uh, The boy carried around his family's severed hands to keep his anger and grief stoked, um, ensuring that his mental torment shall never end. That's a good toxic relationship right there. All for one and Shigeru. Man, that's a potent mix. Okay, we're doing Iceland, we're doing, um, what was another one? Norway and Israel. We're gonna do those three for world news, so yeah, we're gonna do that. So, we all know, well, if you've been listening to Rogue Radio, you know that I just have a love for Iceland. It's just naturally beautiful, and people socialize in frickin', like, spas, hot tubs, and bathtubs. Dude, that's cool, okay? Slowing down with a spa ritual, so there's a lot of spas in Iceland, okay? That's just, that's what they do. And the place is volcanic, so why not? We all do know that traveling can sometimes be exhausting if you want to slow down for only a half a day, then this ritual can help. If you are in Iceland, you'll be sure to get to know the country spa culture and visit at least the uh, geothermal pool in order to treat yourself but uh, to a bit of wellness and to relax. The absolute hot spot is obviously the famous Blue Lagoon, but since it's spring, there has been a spectacular alternative for everyone uh, who is perhaps not visiting Iceland for the first time and loves the sea view. Um, Of course, the Sky Lagoon looks natural with uh, the rocks surrounding the pool, like the Blue Lagoon, but it too is man-made, and it's modern and minimalistic, but uh, above all, cozy and mystical. Can you not? I'm almost done. No. On Karsnes Point in... Kopavagir, I don't even know if I said that right, whatever, 10 minutes from Reykjavik city center, you don't have to worry about a thing because the relaxation process is structured. You go through ritual uh, in seven stages during when, 
during which you get to know the entire Sky Lagoon. The ritual at Sky Lagoon will provide guests with an immersive and holistic approach to relaxation as well, being states... Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, the rejuvenating and transformative experience will enable guests to connect with the mind, body, and spirit through the radiant powers of geothermal waters. Let's see. And sense, just follow the steps. So, number one step is to slow down in the lagoon. The ritual starts in the heart of the facility in the 70-meter-long heated uh, infinity pool with a view of the Atlantic. Uh, here you can slow down, stand under a waterfall, or have a relaxing, welcoming drink. Even if there are lots of people around you, you can always find a relaxing rock sofa to chill on or a free spot to just float. Number two, cool down. So now it takes some effort and courage. Uh, this one is more strenuous because uh, before things get hot, they first get rather chilly in the ice bath just in front of the entrance to the spa, which looks like a typical Icelandic turf house. Uh, the visit is usually a quick one. So, step three, relax with a view. You will definitely find a space for yourself in this large sauna uh, and let yourself get up. As you look out of the huge panorama window, you... That's what it's called. Okay, so when I write stories, I know what kind of window it is now. So, yeah, you may even ask yourself who gets... It's so squeaky clean uh, that it seems almost invisible. It feels like you could jump into the sea. Number four, refresh your senses. Next comes cooling off with the shower as a, in tropical rainfall, but of course, Nordic style, you can refresh yourself in a cold mist after uh, which you feel on, in tip-top shape and wide awake. Which is true, by the way. I would recommend it after you work out. Because that's amazing. It helps you sleep. Let's see. Uh, number five. Renew yourself. What are those? The body scrub with sea salt and different kinds of oil. Ooh, I want that. Now you could, you should scrub yourself all over except your face with a body scrub made from sea salt, almond oil, grapeseed, and sesame oil. Awesome. Smells good, feels good, and we'll use you will we we will use this recipe at home. Sure, okay. Number six, clear your senses. The peeling starts working uh, in a steam bath. Will you stop? You you sit in the warm mist and notice how your skin relaxes and becomes increasingly soft otherwise uh there isn't much to see similar to a foggy day all right number seven is rinse and reconnect so shower everything off especially any remaining stress and then hop into the lagoon again it's the best um after that you will feel refreshed and relaxed at the same time and it really doesn't feel like any other spot anywhere in the world it is a unique icelandic experience 
being in contact with all all elements except for speech apparently um especially warm and cold water um and you can top the experience if you stay for a pickled herring or a tasting uh platter with icelandic cheese and us at the smack bar i don't even know what that is but that's great i love that all right we're going on to norway now Next up is Norway. Yeah, you're gonna look with me just because um, I don't feel like uh, I just don't feel like not. I don't know. You're just gonna do it, okay? Norway. News today. Norway news today. Okay. Okay, we're going to read this one. So, the police are investigating... Um, no, I don't want to sign up for this newsletter. Sorry, no thank you. Uh, okay, the police are investigating drone sightings in the North Sea after several observations at oil platforms. So, the South East, the Southwestern Police District was launched... Or has launched an invest... Oh my god. <laughs> You, I think everybody can tell that I'm getting tired because I'm tripping over my words. I'm, I'm, it's exhausting to talk this much. I am an introvert. <laughs> the Southwestern Police District has launched an investigation over several observations of drones at uh, several Norwegian platforms in the North Sea. Um, in total, there have been reports of at least six sightings of ident unidentified drones within the safety zone of Norwegian's uh, platforms on the Norwegian continental shelf. Um, yeah, continental shelf. Okay. Uh, the newspaper uh, Stavanger Antinblad um, writes, We have launched an investigation to gain clarity as to whether the drones have been um, observed. I am done with you. Uh, where the drones may be flying in relation to uh, the installations, um, what the intention is, and who is behind it, uh, Amund Preed, Revium section leader for the North Sea environment in the said police district, stated. So, uh, he confirmed that operating uh, companies in the North Sea had uh, reported several sightings of drones. Um, we take this seriously. We do not know who it is behind the drones, and we are keeping all possibilities open, he said. So, the section leader emphasized that flying drones in the safety zones around the platforms of a criminal offense if one does not have permission to do so. Uh, he says that police are cooperating with the industry and uh, supervisory authorities and that the police security service, the PST, has been notified of the case. 
All right, and that's the news of, uh, ooh, wait, there's more. The police are investigating drone sightings in the North Sea for several observation of platforms. Teacher expo- No, it, it's over. Never mind. The way they laid out that article is strange. So, next one is Israel, and we're going to be talking about Palestine as well. So, um, yeah. Palestinians, without practical measures, two-state solution won't work. So, Lapid government's uh, actions show that it is working to sabotage the two-state solution, a senior PA official told the Post. PA official said on Thursday that Prime Minister Yair... Yair Lapid's talk about uh, a two-state solution during his speech before the UN General Assembly was a step in the right direction that needs to be followed up with real measures. Um, The officials, however, warned that Israel's security measures in the West Bank and other policies, including uh, settlement construction and land grabbing, are destroying the prospects of peace and undermining the the Palestinian authorities rule and credibility. The thing is, is that I don't believe Palestine should exist in my opinion because, because it's a territorial threat to Jerusalem. What do you mean? Are you really going to be standing up for Palestine right now? Yeah, I knew you were joking. I was just making sure. But no, I, I don't believe Palestine should exist just because I just don't like it. I, I, I don't know. I'm biased, okay? I'm a Christian. I believe that Israel belongs to God and Judaism should be the main thing in Israel. And I know that, you know, Muslims, they want it Palestine. Jewish people, they want it Jerusalem and Israel. It's crazy. Um... One of the main reasons why Israel is always attacked is because I feel like it's smack dab in the middle of the world, to be honest. And it's also a very small country, and I don't know, it's just, to me there's so much more than just the religious aspect to why people are hating on Israel and why they they want to split Israel in half, and it's crazy. I just... I feel like we should just leave, you know, Israel alone. But anyway, um, the Lapid government actions uh, show that it is working to sabotage the two-state solution, a senior PA official told the Jerusalem Post. Um, daily military raids, arrests, and killings uh, on or in the West Bank show that the government is not different than previous ones. The official said, and don't forget the ongoing construction and expansion of the settlements which threaten to end the two-state solution. Okay, the only reason why there are a lot of killings and raids and everything like that is because of extreme Islam that runs rampant, especially in Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem. Everybody just doesn't respect the biblical history there. It's not... What else did you want to say, babe? No, you can say that. 
You can say whatever you want. What else do you want to say? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, another official told the Post that the Palestinians are satisfied with the growing support in the international arena of the two-state solution. So, um, but he too warned that the talk about the two-state solution uh, was not enough unless it was accompanied by real measures um, to safeguard it. The PA Ministry of Foreign Affairs noted that Lapid's talk about um, a two-state solution has caused an uproar during okay <laughs> um, an uproar among many Israeli politicians who are totally opposed to the establishment of the Palestinian state. Honestly, I would be too. Um, the ministry said that, that the voices and policies of those Israelis who oppose the two-state solution won't stop the Palestinians from pursuing their right to self-determination and the establishment of an independent Palestinian state with um, East Jerusalem as its capital. Oh my god. They're, they're trying to split Jerusalem right down the middle. Well, me being a strong Bible-believing Christian, I can tell you right now that's not going to happen. Because if that ever does happen, or if it ever actually, they, if they ever try, God is going to smite y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You think it was bad when God put locusts, like a flock of locusts, towards the Middle East when they were trying to bomb Israel? You know, you're in for a rude awakening, sir. Or whoever is going to be in charge of this. But anyway, I just hate that. Like, that's terrible. These uh, positions threaten to explode the situation and sabotage any efforts to achieve security and stability in any or in the region, the ministry cautioned. So, Abba's uh, Shatea uh, reiterate um, support for a two state solution. PA uh, President Mohammed Abbas and the Prime Minister Mohammed Shtaya, uh, I don't know how you say that word, uh, who are uh, in New York for the General Assembly session, reiterated their support for the two state solution. Abbas uh, was quoted as saying during a series of meetings with world leaders and representatives um, of the Palestinian community in the U.S. that the only way to achieve a just and landing peace that would lead to the establishment of a Palestinian state uh, was through adherence to all U.N. Uh, resolutions pertaining to the Arab-Israeli conflict. Um, Abbas was further quoted as accusing the Israeli government of continuing to undermine any opportunity to achieve just peace through its continued po policy of settlements, incursions, arrests, and uh, land confiscation. 
So hang on. Israeli government. So Palestine just likes to blame everything on is Israeli government. Okay, whatever. Okay. Let's see here. Let's see. Separate meetings with U.S. and European uh, Union officials that the talk about a two-state solution uh, needed to be backed by practical measures. The mere call for the two-state solution um, is insufficient. Uh, the important thing is to implement the, and protect uh, the solution, especially in light of the systematic Israeli measures that destroy it. Uh, such as settlement and construction and land confiscation, um, as well as the continued incursions to... Why did I slur? <laughs> incursions to Palestinian cities, killings, arrests, and house uh, demolitions. As far as I have read, uh, when it comes to Israel, the Palestinians have been doing all of that violent stuff. The Israelis, people, the, how do I even say this? Israel and Palestine, man. Okay, the Israeli government just wants to defend itself. Okay? So, what? like, if you poke a sleeping bear, you're gonna get freaking bitten, right? Stop. The PA on the ground, uh, through its measures, including the deduction of tax revenues belonging to the Palestinians, in response to payments to families of Palestinian prisoners and martyrs. Oh my god, okay, whatever. We all know that some of y'all just murdered yourselves. <sighs> okay, if I, if I start talking about how much I really hate this conflict and I really don't like what's going on and the solution that they're trying to push and that they're blaming the Israeli government for defending themselves, uh, I, I am going to be taken off the air by YouTube and Anchor FM if I keep talking about this because I have some very colorful language. So thank you guys for listening. I will stop myself right here. Um, thank you for listening. I will see you in the trenches next time. Love you. Bye-bye.